But we'll head over to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Sam Farber, Charlotte Hornets play-by-play announcer. You heard him on the call last night as the Hornets, unfortunately, suffer a loss to the Phoenix Suns, 128-97. to Sam, are you happy to be coming home after this four-game road trip? It is great to be home. We, we've we been road warriors for a long time. This wrapped up a stretch of 14 of the last 20 games that have been on the road. And uh, even though the next two are inside the hive, five of the next eight are also on the road. So we're not quite done yet, but it's good to be back for a moment. Well, and Sam, maybe it's hard to grade what the Hornets did this road trip, but they went two and two. They beat the Houston Rockets on the road. They beat the Atlanta Hawks on the road and held on right at the very end of that game. The two hardest games of this road trip, they lost. They lost to Utah, then the second night of a back-to-back. They go down to the Phoenix Suns. How would you characterize this four-game road trip they just concluded? I think overall it's positive. Anytime you go 500 on the road, whether your team has been playing well or been playing poorly, whether you are at full strength or have had a lot of injuries, it doesn't matter. The NBA is difficult, so being a 500 team on the road is always a goal. Uh, No matter how good you are, you can't look at that and call it a disappointment. Uh, And considering all the injuries the Hornets continue to go through, I I think it becomes even more of a positive here for Buzz City. So I I like the way that they played over the course of the four games. Would have preferred they didn't have to dig themselves out of double-digit deficits each and every game. But the fact that they managed to do it twice, I think, is a positive. All the injuries rearing its head once again. Gordon Hayward did not go in this game. We know about Kelly Oubre, Cody Martin, some of the other guys that did not suit up. How are you seeing this team try to galvanize as they suffer some of these injuries and get through what is a tough stretch of the season before the trade deadline? They have all the rumors circulating about them. How have you seen the morale in the locker room despite some of the awful things that have happened this season? Yeah, I think it's pretty good, and I think Coach Steve Clifford had good comments on it after the game. He, he keeps getting asked, you know, what do you think about your team? You know, and and putting tr- people trying to put in the context of like, hey, you guys aren't very good. And he fights right back to, hey, we're pretty beat up and have been consistently the whole season. I, I can't remember a game where Charlotte didn't have at least two preseason projected rotation players on the bench and street clothes. And most teams can't overcome that for a week or two worth of time. The Hornets have had that the entire season. So I think it's a little unfair to, to look at the team talent-wise and make assumptions or estimations because last season with basically uh, the same or a similar roster, Charlotte was an above 500 team, dealt with some injuries then, but not nearly to the level of this season. And this year, clearly the, the bottom fell out of the uh, injury luck bag uh, because the Hornets have had none this year. Sam, Wes Bryant here, and I was going to ask you, is that what you would attribute the shooting to in the Jazz game? They shoot 12%. The Suns game last night, they shoot 24%. Is this a team that's just simply running out of gas with all the injuries? Well, I think with the, the Utah game, it's just an anomaly. I mean, it, it just doesn't happen. I looked it up, um, and we were you know, kind of playing a game, and you know, guess how many players in the NBA on Monday night made at least two three-pointers. Uh, the number was 53. So it, it's, a, it's a total outlier for a team to shoot that poorly, and you, you tip your cap to Utah um, because they played pretty good perimeter defense. But quite frankly, these guys are so good, you could blindfold them, put them at half court, and tell them to take 10 shots. They might make two of them. They're, they're that good. They know their range that well. Um, so it, I, I think it was just a total anomaly. But you're correct. Over the course of the season, Charlotte has not been a very good shooting team. And I do attribute a lot of that to injury because it's hard to get into a consistent rhythm when your role is constantly changing based off 
who else is available in terms of personnel. And then just the fact that LaMelo Ball is not the person hitting you, you know, right between the numbers in rhythm for every jump shot outside of the 22 games he's been available. I mean, we're talking about, what, 50%, 60% of the season so far that LaMelo has unfortunately missed. That makes it harder to, to shoot consistently when you don't have one of the premier passers delivering the rock. And then what's been in your assessment of, of, of Terry and his play? Because he's been really holding things down for them uh, during this road trip. He's been putting up some big scoring numbers, especially uh, in the two wins that they had. What do you think uh, about his play and his shooting numbers kind of came down as the road trip came to a close? Do you think just the minutes and all that Terry has to do for this team catches up to him? I'm not sure if it's the minutes per se, uh, but I think the focus of the defense. You know, most teams have two or three options for multiple reasons because outside of Kevin Durant and Shaq and Michael Jordan and LeBron, you know, there's very few players who you could say, all right, everyone's going to focus on them and they're still going to get 30 against you. Most teams have all-star or all-star adjacent level talent, and there's two or three of them so that you can't focus everything on them because they'll deliver the ball to the other guy and that person will make you pay. Well, when Gordon Hayward's out, LaMelo Ball's out, and Kelly Oubre's out, all of a sudden a lot more of that focus falls on Terry Rozier. And to his credit, he continues to score at a career-high level, but the shooting percentages have come down, and I think that's because of the quality of shots that just aren't there for him because he has to go one-on-one or one-on-two so often throughout this season. Sam, we all know that there's a lot of things that have not gone the Hornets' way this year. One thing I would argue has, though, is their second-round pick, 40th overall selection, Bryce McGowan's got a start, played 22 minutes, not the greatest stat line here in his first start ever as an NBA player, but had been given these minutes because he's earned them in practice, and Steve Clifford has really gone to him um, lately, especially with some of the injuries, and, and I do think McGowan's has shown a lot of nice flashes as a guy that I can be excited about making a possible jump next year and years beyond. We do know the Hornets have a good track record with second round picks. How excited do you think fans should be about Bryce McGowan's and what he can provide for the future? Very, very. He's a young player with a lot of athleticism and talent. The challenge to him, and this is not a knock on him, this is the challenge to him, is prove that it's not just because all these injuries happen that you got thrust in the lineup, but that you're actually ready to take that next step. And that's the thing that Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels were able to do. It's one thing to get to that spot. It's another to sustain it. And he's a very young guy. There's a lot of runway in front of him to continue to do that over the course of his career, but here's an opportunity, and he had an okay game against Phoenix. Can he have a really good one if the opportunity presents itself again here over the course of this homestand? That's the challenge to every young player, Uh, and just because you don't hit it on your first opportunity doesn't mean it's not going to come knocking again later, but it would be great to see Bryce McGowan take another step forward here as he's gotten his first start in the NBA. And lastly, Sam, just talking about P.J. Washington, he goes 16-23 and in the wins over Houston and Atlanta, and then nine points and three points in Utah and Phoenix. And, I mean, that's such a stark contrast. What do you think it's going to take for P.J. just to maintain some consistency to where we don't see these single-digit scoring games out there, the times where he can show so much promise? Yeah, he's another one where, you know, the, the consistency factor, if, if he reaches that level, we're talking about a guy who's basically averaging 18 to 20 points per game. Um, and, and there have been those fluctuations. I do think he has been hurt tremendously by having his role come 
up and down. It goes from him being the fourth or fifth guy on the floor in terms of, you know, hey, you can hang out in the corner and spot up. Lamelo or Terry or Gordon will find you to, okay, now we need you to have the ball in your hands and create off the dribble all the time because those three guys are not available on the floor. And that's a very difficult transition to make game in and game out. But I think his shooting percentages are still really, really strong. And that's the focal point. We, you know, we fall in love with certain guys in the NBA because we think they're great three-point shooters. The stats back up that P.J. really is one. He's having his worst three-point shooting season of his career percentage-wise, and I think there are reasons for that, but he's still about 36% from deep. That's pretty darn good in the NBA, particularly for a stretch four. So uh, I think P.J. Washington continues to build on the success he's had earlier in his career. If he hits that consistency, though, he goes from being a career-high 15-point-per-game guy to hopefully a career-high 20-point-per-game guy, and wouldn't that be nice in the last two months of the season? The voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Sam Farber, joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can hear him on the call tomorrow night as the Hornets take on the Chicago Bulls at the Spectrum Center. Tip is set for 7.30. Sam, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks again. I appreciate you guys, and forget hearing me. Come see me. I missed you all at the Hive. We're finally home for, like, 30 seconds, so come out and see us. Uh, tomorrow night is 23-11 crossover night. Sunday, a matinee at Spectrum Center against Miami. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you there. Tickets available at Hornets.com. Matinee basketball.